The following podcast contains explicit language and content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. Hello. And welcome to the Guest Bookie Podcast, where two married guys share stories of paranormal encounters, urban legends, true crime, and other scary things from around the world. My name is Andres. And I'm Kevin. And welcome to the Christmas episode. Kind of. Yeah. We still got another one this month. Yeah. So the other well, no, Christmas kind episode of part one. It kind of is the Christmas episode. The because Christmas. because <laughs> the second one comes out later this month, so it'll just be around like... That's the New, New Year's. Year's episode. Yeah. Okay. This is the Christmas episode. That's the New Year's episode. Gotcha. Okay. It lined up perfectly. Exactly. So, what has happened since the last time you all heard our voices? Kevin had a birthday. Yeah. And we ate. And she ate. Oh. Sorry, continue. And went to a museum. Right. Yeah, we drove to Tulsa because um, I wanted to go to this art museum, the Philbrook. I'm a big fan. Big fan? I'm a big fan of museums in general. Honestly. It's haunted. We've never seen a ghost there, but supposedly it's haunted. I wish I would. I wish I would see in it. In those hallways? Yeah. I don't know. I get a little weird feeling in that basement. I don't. I don't feel anything. I do. Um, But even when we went to Chicago, we went to um, the Art Institute. The Art when Institute I was, in, was cool. When I was in Mexico City, I went to the the History Museum there. I'm just a big fan of history. Um, of museums so yeah i'm annoying and i like to walk around really slow and read all the descriptions next to the paintings oh no i do too or the um the statues true yeah and it annoys me when people go to the museum and they stand right in front of the art like nobody's right next to them or behind them oh yeah do you remember that lady that kept approaching us and she was talking to us yes and (laughs) she would like um just say random things just say random things as if she as if she made the artwork herself yeah. and she's like did you know this and this when like the little plaque next to the art just completely contradicted what she had said yeah. it's like girl you made that up when, i just kind of went along with it i was like ah. or when she was ah. like remember that really tall piece so it was like 12 feet tall and she's like can you imagine getting on a ladder and finishing the top piece of the the top part of the art of this piece of art oh like, yeah the perspective definitely changes from up there and if yeah. you're on a ladder you just can't i don't know it just takes away the beauty of this of this statue and i'm like girl what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> shut the fuck up she was in girl. her she was in her art critic era hey she was she was like maybe that's <laughs> one of the things she does she's like let me go just fucking ran- like show up to a random museum and try to convince people that i'm like an anthropologist or maybe something. maybe she was just bored really maybe i mean maybe, maybe she so. just wanted someone to talk to and that's fine but it's like 
girl i'm just some guy yeah <laughs> like you don't have to lie to me there's specifically the one that i was like okay this lady's full of shit uh-huh. was that african mask mm-hmm. where she was walking up and i was looking at it and i had literally just finished reading the plaque and the plaque was like note this mask was a funeral mask the family of the deceased would wear these masks during the duration of the funeral and that put flaming sticks in the mouth and it looks like a dragon Mm-hmm. And it's a big wooden statue, like a big wooden mask. And they would put uh, fire in the mouth. And as they would breathe out, it would blow smoke out of the mouth like it was like it was blowing smoke like a dragon. And it's supposed to like lead their family members to the next life in the smoke or whatever. Yeah. She walked up and she's like, so they used to wear these masks when it was somebody else's turn to tell a story. Like they would wear the mask and they would tell a story with mm-hmm. all their friends around the fire. And I said, ma'am, actually, this is a funeral mask. Yeah. The family of the deceased would wear this mask to, like, send on their family to the to the afterlife. Oh, they she would, was so mad when I was you like, said that. They would, they would put coals, like, hot coals in the mouth of these masks uh-huh. to blow smoke out. And she's like, hmm, you know, like, I'm not sure. And then I, like, walked over to the plaque and I was like... The family of the deceased would wear, and I'm like <laughs> reading the plaque to her, and you saw her ass turned around and yeah, walked. She stopped out. talking to you after that. She She's said, like, I'm "We're done." done. <laughs> she said, "We're done. We're done. You're done. I'm right. You're wrong. Even though you're reading in that plaque that's right there on that piece of art that somebody wrote specifically for this thing, you're wrong." And it's like, okay, yeah. old white lady. We had fun though. It was, it was very fun. <laughs> I posted that um, I posted that picture of those rocks. Nobody liked my picture on Instagram. I'm so mad at my primos and primas for not liking that picture. Wow. But then I got like over 100 likes on that outfit pic that I posted on my personal Instagram. So I guess what I'm not mad. Okay, so I'm guessing I'm, I'm not mad at you guys. Thank you. Okay. Do you have anything to say, birthday boy? No. <sighs> okay. So, do you have anything to add before we jump into the case? No, I want to scream. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Our Why? neighbor plays his music too loud while we're trying to record. Yeah, we got a new fucking neighbor, and he says, you know who would love to hear these songs? The entire neighborhood. And everybody on the podcast. So, and it's so fucking loud, and it shakes my house. It was weird, because it's like, he didn't start playing it until we sat down and we hit the record button. And I'll go over there and fucking yell at him again if I have to. Uh, anyways, keep on with your story. Let's go. Okay, so, jumping into my case. I am covering the mysterious death of Ray Rivera. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yeah, I made you watch the uh, Unsolved Mysteries episode. You did. On Netflix. I think you that did. came out in 2019. It. And I think because of that, it kind of re-sparked an interest because a lot of my sources um, were either written, um, like, after the show or just recently. Mm-hmm. It's like people started investigating it again. Yeah. Okay, so the mysterious death of Ray Rivera. So some of my sources are an WBAL-TV 11 article, a Radio Times article by Grace Henry, a Men's Health Magazine article by Joshua St. Clair, um, Reddit the specifically the subreddit um r slash unsolved mysteries um two youtube videos by stephanie harlow which are very very like researched very detailed um 
the Unsolved Mysteries episode on Netflix and uh, Wikipedia. So I try to um, make the information as chronologically as possible, but there are a few times that, like, I jump back in time or I kind of reference something that makes that context make sense. So, because there's a lot that the Unsolved Mysteries episode left out. And I think it has to do with um, just time. Like, they wanted to um, narrow it down to, like, that 45-minute or an hour um, time frame. But I feel like there was so much in this episode or in this case. Um, so, just jumping into it, I guess. Um, some content warnings. There is mentions of suicide, violence, um, and conspiracy theories in case people are against that or paranoid, I guess. So, Ray Omar Rivera was born on the 10th of June in 1973 on a military base in Madrid, Spain. His parents, Angel and Maria Rivera, had moved to the U.S. from Puerto Rico before he and his siblings were born. He had an older brother named Angel and a younger sister named Elena. Being Hispanic, family, and God were very important parts of his upbringing. When Angel retired from the Air Force, he moved the family to Winter Park, Florida, a suburb of Orlando. Um, Ray was described as having an intense passion for learning, being very athletic as a member of his high school's baseball team and swim team, and overall, everyone who knew him said he was very approachable, very handsome, very charismatic, and had a great sense of humor. Um... So overall, he was just a really great guy. In autumn of 1992, he started attending university um, at the University of the Pacific in Stockton, California to major in English. So although he loved sports, his passion was writing. He liked writing screenplays specifically and hoped to make it in the entertainment industry someday. In summer of 1994, he was selected to compete in the Summer Olympic Festival in St. Louis, Michigan, meant to give athletes a window into experiencing the actual Olympic Games taking place in 1996, only two years from from then. Ray graduated from university in 1996 and joined the Royal Spanish Swimming Federation for water polo. While in Spain, he found out he had been selected to officially join the U.S. water polo team, but two weeks before the game started, he quit the team after an argument with the coach. Those close to him said that he considered this his biggest regret. While living in L.A., he worked several jobs to make ends meet while working on screenplays. He worked as a Spanish high school teacher, he coached the high school swim team, and he worked in an admin position at the Los Angeles Film School where he was able to attend classes and complete his first screenplay. It was a a horror story about a Puerto Rican piano player he titled Virtuoso, which sounds really interesting. Could you imagine? I mean, we talk about movies on the on the podcast all the time, so yeah. it's like something like that. We would, I would definitely watch. Yeah. Um, in two thousand, Ray met a young woman named Allison Jones. She was from Cherry Hills Village, Colorado, but met Ray through mutual friends. She graduated with a bachelor's degree in accounting and business communications from UCLA. She was really into sports and writing as well, so they hit it off really quickly, and they started dating, and the relationship progressed. Um, They eventually moved in together um, as the relationship got more serious. They worked several jobs together, but even with the financial circumstances of living in California, 
that has a high cost of living, Rape approached to Allison in 2004. So here is where Frank Porter Stansberry enters a picture. He went by Porter. Uh, he and Ray grew up together and had been in the same water polo team in high school. People who knew them felt that Porter idolized and looked up to Ray. Porter didn't come from money nor an influential family, so he believed that in order to get ahead in life, you had to be determined. He was successful, but also seemed to flaunt his money a lot. After he graduated from university, he started working for a research company that was eventually bought out by a man named Mr. William Bonner. Um, Bonner fired everyone except Porter and another man named Steve, and they went to work for Bonner's company Agora in Baltimore, Maryland. I do want to mention that this is not like any incriminating thing. This, these are just like fact stuff. I guess backstory. Um, Agora is one of the most successful consumer newsletter publishers in the world. So essentially, they publish financial stuff about like stocks, money management, investments, and business advice. I mention this because I never heard of them before researching this case. And I thought, just, I guess, who this player in the case was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting it back on topic, uh, Porter reached out to Ray in 2004 to offer him a job as a writer of the financial newsletter for his company, Sp- Stansbury & Associates, which was a subsi- subsidiary of Agora. Ray was notoriously bad with money management and felt unqualified for a position at the company, but he also wanted to give Allison like this big, lavish wedding that he felt she deserved. Um Porter proposed the job to Ray, believing it only to be like a small 30-day project, and Ray eventually accepted the offer. So he flew out to Baltimore to start working. Um, it was a hard it was hard for the couple, being like newly engaged but being so far away from each other. According to personal accounts, Ray often felt like he didn't fit in with his co-workers. They seemed to be more interested in money, their image, exp- expensive, ah, expensive things, what uh, what people thought about them, while Ray wanted to make enough money to just live comfortably with Allison. So what they believed to be like a small 30-day project was eventually extended to like 90 days. He um, was eventually offered a more permanent job at the company where he would still write about financial topics and stocks under a newsletter called The Rebound Report, where he would essentially write about stock tips on companies that weren't doing well, but that would eventually rebound in the future. So, although Ray was writing, he wasn't really writing about what interested him. He talked to Allison, and they agreed that it wasn't beneficial to live apart. And they made an agreement that Allison will move out of Baltimore with him, and after 24 months, they would work hard, make their money, and then move back to LA to actually start their lives together. So, they moved out to Baltimore in the winter of 2004 and lived with Porter for a short time before finding their own place after a few weeks. Um, through Allison's job, she was able to work anywhere in the country, but still had to fly out to events where the, where, um, wherever they came up. They joined their local church to be more involved in their local community, so everything was like really looking up for them. So like I mentioned, Ray didn't really like what he was writing, and over time he began to like really dread writing every week. So this caused him to be a little more withdrawn. After speaking with Allison, he made the decision to quit his job with Stansbury & Associates in August of 2005 and start his own freelance business of creating promotional video recordings and edits. So he would, like, record them and then edit them and then provide them to the companies to do, like, for marketing purposes. His first collab was with his former employee. 
So, on the 5th of November 2005, Ray and Allison officially got married on a beach in Puerto Rico. Uh, Porter made his appearance by arriving on a personal helicopter while smoking a cigar. That's annoying. Yeah. On the 14th of March 2006, Ray attended the Oxford Club's 8th Annual Investment University Conference in Delray Beach, Florida as a freelance photographer to film the conference. Um, So, this would turned out to be the last project he would work on for his former employee or employer. In April of 2006, the couple put their house up for sale after deciding on a date to move back to the West Coast. Um, so I think here's where everything kind of gets weird a little bit, I guess. It's getting a little spicy. On the night of fi- uh, the 15th of May 2006, their security alarm went off around 8 a.m. Or- Sorry, 1 a.m. Allison recalls coming downstairs to check what was going on and then seeing Ray fly down the stairs, a baseball baseball bat in hand, and a look of fear in his eyes. According to her, she had never seen him like this before and it scared her. Police came out to check and dismissed it as being a large squirrel that had set it off. They had lived there for two years prior and squirrels were never a problem. But besides this, it kind of made Allison think like, Ray was acting, like, paranoid, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. So the next day, the 16th of May, 2006, the security alarm goes off again at 1 a.m. The police go out to check and dismiss it again, but this time there were visible signs on the window that led to the master's bedroom of having been tampered with, almost like someone was trying to get into the house. Hmm. Allison didn't have a lot of time to think about it because she was heading out on a three-hour drive to a business event in Richmond, Virginia the next morning. So in the morning, Allison packed up her bags and Ray helped her out to her car. Later that evening, around, or like after work around 6.30 p.m., Allison called Ray, but he didn't answer. She called him again and again, and he didn't answer. At the time, one of Allison's colleagues, a woman named Claudia, was staying with the couple for a few days. So she called Claudia and asked if Ray was home. She set the phone down to check, um, came back to the phone, and said that he wasn't home, but he had been not too long ago. She informs her that she had overheard Ray receive a phone call, then run out the house like he was in a hurry. She wasn't able to hear the other person on the phone, um, but or like what they talked about she only heard ray say hello and then after a while oh shit like he was surprised about something before running out in a zip-up shirt shorts and flip-flops uh claudia tells her that she she's like i can give you a call back when he gets home so he's like okay yeah that's fine um she didn't really think anything of it she thought it was really weird though um the next morning the 17th of may however Claudia calls Allison in the morning and tells her that Ray never came home the night before. Um, Claudia was just staying with them, so she literally left, like, that morning. She's like, hey, by the way, he never came home, but I have to go back. So she left. Um, Allison felt like was something was off and quickly rushed home. She tried calling him several times, but the calls would go straight to voicemail, also, almost as if the phone had been turned off or the battery died. Everything in the house was left as it had been the night prior. Allison even noticed that, like, some of the lights were left on. Like, some snacks that Ray had, like, opened or started eating were still where he had left them. Um, 
Allison started calling his family to see if maybe someone had talked to him, but no one had heard or seen him. She called the police and reported Ray missing that day at 3 p.m. Angel, which is Ray's brother, he flew out that same day with his parents and Allison's parents following suit the following days. Sorry, following suit? Maybe I misspelled that. Yeah, you said it right. You spelled it wrong. Yeah, I read it how I spelled it, (laughs) so I said it wrong. That's okay. So, family and friends got to work on finding Ray. They called hospitals, police departments, they called co-workers, colleagues. Uh, Porter even put a a reward of $1,000 for any information on Ray's whereabouts. They alerted the media, and they started spreading the word. Um, They visited local businesses around the city to see if anyone had seen him. Um, But, like, after all of that, they were just hoping that someone would have had at least spotted him but they didn't hear anything back on the 28th of may 2006 so six days after ray's disappearance allison's parents locate ray's car at a parking lot according to the parking lot attendants and this is the part where like i didn't really understand either the car had been there all those six days or the car hadn't been there at 6 p.m. the night before. Meaning that someone moved it there. Somebody just dropped it off. Yes. Okay. So sometime while the parking attendant was gone. It still had a ticket. So the car was found in a parking lot near the Belvedere Hotel, a historical hotel and near the offices of Stansbury and Associates. So all of those, it was like right next to the hotel, but it was within walking distance of his previous employer. Mm-hmm. So he was familiar with the area. So they weren't questioning like, why were you here? I guess um, no evidence and nothing of value was found in the car, which is good. Cause there's, there's like, there's like nothing suspicious, but it's also bad because nothing was there and that makes us suspicious like his phone wasn't there there's like no leads yes no evidence like nothing to point anywhere yes they found the car but it didn't help him get anywhere else mm-hmm. so side note on the belvedere hotel uh this hotel was a historic um it was like historical i guess considered a sensation in baltimore back in the day it was made for elite upper class guests and known for its bars and restaurants it was built in 1902 and officially opened in 1903 and hosted some of the most prominent guests during the first half of the 20th century. Some of its most famous guests were Woodrow Wilson, JFK, Teddy Roosevelt, John D. Rockefeller, and King Ed- Edward VIII of Great Britain. So, like, a lot of U.S. presidents. The hotel also had a history of paranormal activity, considered one of the most haunted locations in Baltimore, allegedly having 12 different reported ghosts. I was literally just about to say, sounds like this hotel is haunted. And then you kind of said the, that was the next thing you said. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, a hotel that had been open for like a hundred years, something like is bound to make it weird. It reminded me of the, um, that one hotel where Elisa Lamb went missing and was eventually found in. I want to say the Cortez, but I feel like that's the American Horror Story version of it. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Oh, well. That's not relevant to this. Um, So, moving along. On the 24th of May, 2006, so two days after his car was found, 
A group of Ray's former co-workers at the top of the parking garage near the Belvedere Hotel spotted flip-flops near a large hole in the roof of a small building that was part of the hotel. So if you're on this parking garage, there's like the the hotel next to it, but between the two, there was just like this little like conference hall, this little small building that was part of the hotel. Um, but not part of like the main main hotel. It was just like a little side thing. Um, so yeah, they spotted these two flip flops near this really large hole on the roof, and the men immediately called the police to investigate. According to hotel staff, the room was the old racquetball club. Uh, it was like a convention hall that was unoccupied at the time. According to Gary Shivers, which is the former manager of the Belvedere Concierge, he was asked to open the door, and when he did. A strong, unpleasant smell was the first to hit him. When he and the police walked in, they turned to the left and found a body. Um, Based on the scene, the body looked like it had fallen through the metal-covered roof. Ray's family was notified and asked to come down to the station, and that's where it was confirmed that it was the body of Ray Rivera. By the time the body was found, decomposition had progressed, and he was almost unrecognizable with how damaged it was. Um, an exact cause of death wouldn't be able to be determined until an autopsy was completed. Oddly enough, as soon as the body was found, the company Stansbury and Associates put a gag order on all their employees by the company's lawyers that forbade them of talking to anyone about Ray. This only made it weirder after it was the call that Ray took at home that Claudia overheard him take. It was traced back to Stansbury and Associates, but it was impossible to track who made the call. Just be- based on like their phone system. So another quick side note. Before Ray joined Stansbury and Associates, the company got into some trouble with the SEC in 2003 after they had published a newsletter under a company called Pirate Investors claiming that they knew about a company in Russia that was about to discover uranium. And they they would offer the name for $1,000 in order to invest in. So it's kind of like insider trading. That is insider trading. So the tip didn't work out. (laughs) And the SEC sued under the bias that it was baseless speculation against Stansberry for $1.5 million. The company claimed that the advice was protected under the First Amendment and a federal court ruled that it was fraudulent. So it was almost like Ray was hired to clean up after Porter's mess. But th- again, this is completely alleged and not fact. Um, but it just seemed like this company kind of had like a history of bad dealings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so to continue, the autopsy confirmed several fractured ribs, punctured lungs, huge lacerations, skull damage tibia fractures in the leg where the bone had protruded from the leg or like protruded from the flesh um blood tests determined that there was no drugs or mind-altering chemicals in his system it was first assumed that the injuries had come from the fall if he had come through the roof vertically according to the medical examiner the fractures in his shins were not consistent with the fall but they didn't provide any further explanation what I found, and this was just one source, and I didn't really claim it, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, one source that I read said that the injuries seemed more as if he had been hit by a car. 
They eventually declared the death as undetermined, meaning that they didn't have enough information to conclude what the cause of death was. Based on the location where his body was found, it didn't make sense based on the distance he was from the roof. It was theorized that he had either come from the roof of the actual Belvedere Hotel, then through the small roof, so it would have been like an 11-story fall. However, the roof was about 45 feet from the edge of the building, and in order to get to where he was, he had to have had a running start. But remember that he had been found in flip-flops, which are not easy to run in. Because Ray was afraid of heights, this was also uh, a least likely theory. The next theory was he, he may have come from the top of the parking garage, so like opposite of the hotel where, where those guys found that hole. The hole, however, was about 20 feet away from it and 20 feet high. So if he had come from there instead, he first wouldn't have been able to break through the metal ceiling, and if he had, he probably would have survived it. It just wasn't far enough, I guess. Also, the injury sustained just didn't match up with that either. Another theory was that he had jumped from the 11th floor of the hotel because it, um, it had a ledge that wrapped around the building. However, in order to get on the ledge, he would have had to gone through someone's apartment and out of a very small window. The ledge was also very thin and wouldn't have held his weight. Um, his cell phone glasses and flip-flops were found with him but were intact with no signs of damage besides one flip-flop strap being like ripped i guess according to detective michael bayer the way the items had been found and the condition they were found in seemed too neat too perfect and too convenient from that distance like say for example he felt he did jump or fall from the roof of the hotel if he had fallen with his cell phone, the cell phone would have been damaged too, but it didn't. It looked like the, the cell phone was like in perfect condition and his glasses too. Which it looks are like, like they were placed there. Yes. It just seemed like too... Um, no cracking, no damage, no scratches, nothing. They were just put there. Como se dice like... Staged? Staged, that's the word. It's too staged, I guess. This detective that mentioned this was later moved off the case. The one item that wasn't found with him was his money clip that held his money, IDs, and credit card, which hasn't been located to this day. Another notable item found with him was a penny with the shape of a heart cut into it, something that Allison had given to him as a sign of their love, but that he always kept at home. Except this night. He felt it necessary to take him with him. Oh, that's so sad. People around, the, people around the hotel were asked if they had seen or heard anything on the night Ray went missing, but no one had. No one came forward with any evidence or information. No one saw him enter the hotel, and no one saw him fall or jump. As for access to the roof of the hotel, you would first need access to the stairwell not open to the public, then traverse the maintenance area, then go out through the door that's usually locked to access the roof. Police accessed the hotel security cameras and they were not able to locate Ray on any of the footage. One camera on the rooftop was, was actually malfunctioning and disconnected on the day that Ray went missing. So there was footage of the day prior, but not that day. Officially, Ray's death was determined and declared a suicide by the Baltimore Police Department. 
and that was just simply based on the evidence available to them. So there was no evidence of foul play, so like no evidence of a murder, struggle, stabbing, or shooting. So they had to deduce it that it was voluntary. Allison doesn't believe this to be true. It just doesn't make sense for someone that just got married, was starting their career, about to move back home with the love of their life, and didn't show any signs of suicidal intent. After the police officially closed the case, Allison began to look for some form of proof or indication that what had happened, like, the night Ray disappeared. She ended up finding a note taped to the side of Ray's desktop computer one night. And this is kind of where things go, like, conspiracy theory-ish. As if, I mean, it looked suspicious before, but starting here, it's kind of like, what the fuck was happening? Kind of. Okay. So, so what was happening? So that What'd she find? This little note, it was like, well, it was folded up into a small, like, two by, two inches by one inch paper and typed in such a small font. Like, there are pictures, and I'm, I will post them on the, on the Instagram and on the Twitter account. Um... But the font was so small. And then it looked like he had cut it and then folded it up into a little piece of paper, put it in plastic, and then taped it on the back of his computer. So it didn't really make a lot of sense, and it had been written in a list form. The content started and ended with phrases from the Masonic Code, which he had shown interest of um he had shown interest in. It continues with a greeting to, like, someone's brothers and sisters, then says some of the following. Right now around the world, volcanoes are erupting. What an awesome sight. And then it says, Virtus iuncit mors non separavit. Which is a Latin phrase meaning, Whom virtue unites, death shall not separate. So, it also says, like, that was a well-played game. Congratulations to all who participated. I hope you enjoyed it. But it was time to wake up, so here I am. I'd like to welcome those who accepted our invitations for membership during the game. Couldn't have done it without you. So it kind of goes out on like that, almost like a written speech. Then it continues like to list famous actors, some who had passed away, some people he knew personally. Then it starts listing things that don't seem related, like human genome, Wi-Fi, HGTV, JPEG, MP3. Then it looks like if he's like writing to Porter or like speaking to him. Um, and at this point, the water or the paper had water damage, so it was a little difficult to read. But then it lists like movies, which some of um, some which Allison has claimed were Ray's favorites, but there's really no relevance. One movie referenced the list. On the list was. The Game, which was released in 1997, it's about a man that goes through similar events as Ray that blurred the lines of reality eventually almost dies in the same way that Ray did. So there are theories that link the two together. I never heard about this movie, um, but from what I read about it, it's like something similar happens where these uh, group of like influential and wealthy people kind of like pull a prank on this guy and make him like doubt everything that he knows and one of the final scenes in the movie is where this guy is like on top of a hotel roof and he jumps off of it um there have been so many theories as to what this note means uh with nothing that makes sense 
If it's a code, no one has been able to break it. One theory suggests it uses numerology to get a message across. Another says that it was a message to a specific person that hasn't come forward. Another said that it was just notes for a potential screenplay. Another says that it was the minutes of a Masonic meeting that he attended or had intercepted or eavesdropped on. To me, this seems like the most logical one, where it's like he was writing the minutes of a meeting. And it's like, even if he was there, it's like, you probably shouldn't do that. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if they have like rules for that, where it's like one person is designated to do that. But it's like, this probably shouldn't have been like shared with the public. This probably should have just stayed in that in that group's meeting thing. Um, It was later reviewed by the FBI, and they included that although it is strange, it wasn't a suicide note. To this day, many believe that Ray Rivera did not complete suicide. I wanted to end off by, like, a few quotes by Allison that she had mentioned on the um, Unsolved Mysteries episode. So she said, I don't know why he disappeared, When they said it was suicide, I was like, he ran out of the house like he was late for something. Who sits there and says, oh, you know what? It's 6.30. Time to jump off a big roof. I kept saying that there is something bigger. There is something more going on. I think he turned over some rock and he shouldn't have turned it over. But I know that he didn't kill himself. I believe that Ray had some kind of information. He may have stumbled upon it. Maybe didn't know what he stumbled on. I believe Ray was murdered. My hope is that there's somebody out there that knows the truth. And that was the mysterious death of Ray Rivera. I agree with her. (laughs) 100% agree with her. Yeah. This is all just really weird. The gag order? Why? That just seemed too suspicious. And the thing is, because it wasn't like a a murder investigation. Uh Uh-huh they were not allowed to have or they had no like probable cause to ask for a a warrant to the company because it wasn't being interviewed or it wasn't looked at as a murder case uh-huh initially i think from the very beginning the police started looking at it as a suicide so because of that they didn't they didn't treat it like a murder case from the very beginning mhm there was nothing to investigate basically wow the police fucking up that seems to be a recurring Girl. thing. In general, yeah. <laughs> <They're> so, <annoying. laughs> yeah, it was um kind of a heavy case. Like even having researching a lot of this, I was like, this is like fucked up. And the thing is, is like he was he seemed like a genuinely good person. And this wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Because I think um, the Unsolved Mysteries case was released in 2019, maybe. So it had to have been recorded recently. And even still, like, his family and friends, like, he was important to them. So it's like, I don't want to feel like I'm diminishing. And that's why I kind of started with, like, a little information about him and what he did. Because he was a person, too. Like, he wasn't just a name. Yeah. on a fucking podcast or a name on a unsolved mystery case like he yeah, was a these person are real people this is a real person yeah. yeah so and because he's a real person i think he should at least have some closure and some justice i guess yeah that was good thank you 
<sighs> yeah. Even though I watched that whole episode with you. I made you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you told it, though. Thank you. There was a lot. And I, like I said, like the Unsolved Mysteries episode doesn't really cover a lot of it because of the time restraint, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of wanted to add more to it. Like yeah. I got a lot of information from that episode. And I also got a lot of information from those two YouTube videos by um, uh, Stephanie Harlow. Mm-hmm girl she went in she like she had so much information she had to put it in two youtube episodes uh or two youtube videos sorry (laughs) uh like one of them was like an hour and a half long and the other one was like an hour so if you have two hours and a half (laughs) to spare (laughs) feel free to um check out her youtube videos um but yeah that was that was my case thank you true crime is really hard to cover sometimes yeah because of that like i feel like it's easy and for me i'm just naturally like gravi- i naturally gravitate to like making fun of stuff or like doing a little jokey joke but i never feel comfortable doing it when it involves someone's life yeah when it's like a haunted location or a demon it's fine hey demons it's your boy <laughs> it's fair it's fair game at yeah. that point Don't like you're getting dragged you're about to get pulled out of your bed at night. Oh, if they drag my legs, I'm going to drag them. Oh. I was like, boom, your mama. Who I told you to wear that outfit? Why did you think that that was a good idea? Uh. Boom roasted. So. Okay. What do you have for the palate cleanser? Yeah, I think with that case, we definitely, we definitely need, need palate that. cleanser. Oh, yeah. So, join me in complaining about mint flavored you're things. the only you're the only one let me i can guarantee that <laughs> you're the only one so it's that time of the year where i complain about mint things uh, like peppermint it's so good peppermint like drinks and mint drinks like uh, do why, you enjoy why you, eating toothpaste yeah that's why you stay having stomach problems because you don't like a good mint tea to clean you out see mint tea is a little different i don't know why Minty's good. <laughs> Minty is good. And there's one that from like um Trader Joe's that you've introduced Ooh, me to. That's my favorite one. That one was good. I'll give you that. Fucking it's funny. Hater. I think I mentioned it in a previous episode where it's like it's funny that like plants evolve and develop these like defense mechanisms against um like predators. Yeah. So that one evolved, it's like, ooh, let me let me make this a little spicy, a little cool. And yeah. then we're like, give me more of that. And then, yeah, humans are like, mmm. Mmm, that's that good. Spice? <laughs> I like that. Makes my mouth tingle. So yeah, it's that time of year. I mean, I don't... I love pumpkin spice. Give me a good fucking peppermint mocha. I'm a pumpkin mm, bitch. So girl, so good. I'm a pumpkin So girl, hoe. what the fuck? So good. Mint, mint chocolate chip ice cream? Ooh so good disgusting so good i don't know why york peppermint patties mm. Ew. yum they could do with a little crunch like maybe some peanuts in there like a little walnut but it's all right it's all right i like it i'm a pumpkin hoe i'm a pumpkin slut but not mint never mint yeah what other seasonal stuff are there like, usually pumpkin stuff is around, like, Halloween and, like, fall or, like, uh-huh. the beginning of autumn. Um, mint is more, like, holiday, but, like, is there any other time of year where, like, they kind of go, go crazy with flavors? I don't know. Yeah, over the summertime, they always do the 
the spring and summer they they come out with the fruit drinks the fruity drinks fruity yeah me what the (laughs) (laughs) okay um christmas shopping okay i feel like marketing is getting better with um for men marketing towards men yeah i kind of read your notes already sorry no it's fine (laughs) um but i feel like recently so our friend emily she gave us gifts the other day literally last night emily thank you i don't think she listens she's kind of that's okay we love her anyways yeah she's she doesn't like scary stuff but um she gave us gifts the other night and also if you're hot reach out to us we want to we want to hook you up okay um (laughs) (laughs) just kidding don't do that um she she said that it were difficult to shop for she's like i don't know what you guys like and um (laughs) (laughs) sorry guys we're recording and leo is actively biting my leo is actively like pet me right now and he's biting kevin's elbow and his arm (laughs) and he keeps running away and then coming back and doing it when he's not paying attention He's done it twice Did now. Did he leave? Is he down there? Yes, he's down the hallway now. Okay. Anyway, so she's like, you guys are really hard to shop for. And I'm like, really? I feel like I'm easy to shop for. What did, what did I ask of you to get me the other day? Shoes? No. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> bitch. <laughs> A fox. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Damn. <laughs> 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 a shoe 10.5 and or yeah 10 and a half size no bitch <laughs> ask you for a fucking stuffed fox and a i got it animal. i bought it already see i'm so easy to shop for wow <laughs> um she ended up getting you like skincare stuff and then she turned to me and she's like i got you toys and she got me two fungo pops <laughs> like, Thank i appreciate you. That's she fine. got me a toner and serum and some moisturizer she yeah. knows i like to look shiny during the day i like to look moisturized i think um women should buy men more um moisturizers yeah because we're crusty like yeah some of you guys are crusty <laughs> wow shots fired <laughs> nobody's gonna make her that anymore mad. you're gonna make I feel like um, like I'm a millennial. Amazon. Let me let me just be that. Let uh, me just be cringy. Uh, but I feel like Amazon specifically has been getting like better at marketing, marketing stuff. Literally opening um, opening the Amazon app. It's like a mug, a cup. What the fuck is that? A waffle maker, a oh. shoe, camera. I still can't stand them for always saying like, hey, shop shop on Amazon for clothes. And they have this real cute fucking thing on that little picture. Mm-hmm. So you click on it and that fucking thing in that picture is not the very first option. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's never it's, there. If it is there, it's sold out. It's the shoe or like the shirt. You can't ever find it. It's sold out. Like it's a different color. And I'm like, you guys are scumbags. Um, What else? Socks hats a transformer a candle a gingerbread candle see like people are men are so easy to shop for you bitch (laughs) me (laughs) you that's because your amazon is tailored to you you don't know that. i guarantee you if you looked at my amazon (laughs) 
I guarantee you wouldn't it get would, the same thing. It wouldn't be different. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't go to Amazon to buy candles. Why not? No. You're saying you wouldn't have the same thing. No, I don't Open have up the same Amazon thing. Okay, right let, me, let me show you. First thing, a gingerbread candle. Oops, you saw the video of that cat smelling that dog's paw. Oops. What the fuck? Why is that the first thing? Because I was watching it on TikTok because I thought it was funny. Let me see. Let me see. What the fuck? There's, let's see, there's really skimpy underwear for men. No, scroll up. Scroll up? (laughs) (laughs) Go that way. This way? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, headphones, a shirt, a watch. Keep going. Power Rangers Funko Pop. A lip balm, a stand, a nightstand, a personal massager. Anyway, these that, are man, ta- these that are, man is gay. <laughs> these are tailored to me. That man is gay. So, okay, this is what you have to do. Get a hold of their Amazon and look mm, to see what comes up on their Amazon. Yeah. There it is. If they freak out <laughs> when you grab their phone, you've got other problems. But That is besides the point. <laughs> Moving on. So, speaking of Amazon. Uh-huh. I was um, shopping for a new office chair because I work from home now. Yeah. And um, I really liked this one that I found. I was like, oh, my God, this one's so nice. And I have back problems. So I need something with like a long back. Yeah. Piece. A long back piece. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> and um, I was I had it in my cart. I was just about to hit send. And usually like um, Usually I stop and review it, even though everything is like saved, like my payment stuff, my shipping address. I always like to review it. But when I saw the description of the item, it was a fucking barber chair. Wow. And I'm like, I'm so glad I stopped. If not, I would have been like, well, what the fuck do I do with this now? You could have just given it to Jessica. Oh, our barber. Merry Christmas. Here's a barber chair <laughs> Here's for another you. another chair. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. look like you need it, but... so. The reason why I was laughing so hard is because the insult people use when somebody ha- wants to say that they got a flat ass is you got a long ass back. What the fuck? <laughs> you said that with oh, the I chair. Oh, I need a long back. Yeah. <laughs> I need a flat ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry that I have scoliosis, okay? Ooh, a, scro- a scoliosis girl. Only yeah. hot girls have back problems. Perry. Only hot girls have stomach problems. Perry. So we're all hot girls. I'm a hot girl. Um, what was your favorite uh, Christmas gift you got as a child? Okay, so one year, my favorite Christmas gift that I got as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, one time, as a as a child, mm-hmm. I asked for the Power Rangers robot the ninja one so it's like when the black ranger was the frog and the blue ranger was the wolf i asked for that robot you know what i'm okay. talking about no. were you around then okay so it's wait which power ranger it's like power rangers it, ninja storm no 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 so season one mighty morphin power rangers mighty morphin power rangers. they were regular okay. and then all of a sudden they turn into ninjas right they did ninja stuff what you have no idea huh like so the first season. The first season ran for three seasons. So they were going to keep that season going mm-hmm. for a while. And then what happened was is they ran out of episodes from the Japanese episodes to keep making that one. So they had to move on and make a new season of Power Rangers. And that's when they did Power Rangers Zeo. 
I remember that. I okay. remember Zio because that's I used why, to have a VHS movie. Yes, so that's why they had to keep moving on the Power Ranger seasons because they would run out of like, um, they would run out of footage of the fight scenes because that's the most. Those are the most expensive. Oh. Yes, those are the most expensive like things to kind of choreograph, hire more people, get the explosion effects. Mm-hmm. So what they would do is pull those parts of the episodes from the Japanese episodes. And then just stick them in between, like, the teenager parts, like, where they had their masks off. Because when they have their masks on, it doesn't matter. You don't know who they are. And so they did that for, like, they've done that for almost every single season of Power Rangers to save money, so bonded. Mm-hmm. So they ran out of episodes of the first season. Like, the Green Ranger or the White Ranger is not even part of that season of Power Rangers in Japan. It's completely different. That's that's a different da- ranger group. But anyways, so... um they ran out of episodes for like the Mighty, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the original ones, and so they had ninja episodes, and that's when they get like their little ninja getup thing, and their Zords yeah. changed. So I asked for the new Zords, and it was a frog, a wolf, a crane, an eagle, and I think a dragon. I don't remember, but I asked for that Megazord, and I got that Megazord for Christmas, and I cried after I opened it. well because growing up like me i was always a very nervous child so i knew that we weren't well off when i was growing up and so it meant a lot to me that my parents went out and bought me this really expensive megazord that's because at that time those megazords in the 90s cost 30 Mm dollars 30 dollars is like 70 dollars now yeah like it was um, basically it was almost like a hundred dollars that they spent because that's the equivalent of like how much that money would translate to now, like the spending amount, I guess. So that was the best present I got, even though like it wasn't the original one. It was the one from, um, it was the one from, I think like the, uh, the flea market. Cause the colors were kind of off. So I knew it. I don't know. It like, made me feel some type of way that like they maybe they didn't get me the original one that was as expensive but they still got me an expensive one because even those were expensive at the flea market yeah it's like asking for legos and getting like um like mega blocks yeah like it was still the same thing but it was different (laughs) but it was still the same thing yeah no i get that the colors were a little off the stickers were a little weird but it didn't matter because i had so much fun growing up playing with that fucking megazord yeah. And you could take it apart, and every Zord was different, or you can, like, bend them around and then put them together and make the big Megazord. It was the best. Cute. Yeah. It was so much fun. That's cute. That, that's, like, the the my best memory of, like, Christmas as a kid. So, what was yours? Um, I think... It was, um, see, I don't remember a lot of my childhood, but there are like certain parts that I do. And for one Christmas, I think I ended up getting the Hogwarts Express Lego set. Oh, you still talk about that to this day. That is a fucking core memory, bitch. That is a canon event in my lore. Okay. Um, (laughs) because now you can still get it it's not the same one but it's five hundred dollars and i'm like i don't think my parents would have spent that amount of money no legos weren't that expensive back then no it wasn't as big as it yeah i don't think i don't feel like legos is as big as it is now like it has its own lego land and 
they go stores because before you were able to buy legos like anywhere yeah like in bulk Mm -hmm. and there was like a big like plastic tub of lego brand legos was 30 dollars damn and now a big tub of Lego brand Legos is not $30. You're lucky if you get like... $800. Like, you're lucky if you get like a little baggie of them for like... For 50 bucks. Yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, sorry. I did look it up. It was Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers is when they're... We, when it's still the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but they become ninjas. Yeah. Anyway, they so... They got turned <laughs> into kids, unfortunately, for like 10 episodes. Sad. And so they had the Aquatar Rangers come in and help them out. And they were fucking weird. But, you know, they went off. They did their little thing. And then they back went back to Aquatar. I don't know if there's any 90s babies that can um, confirm this with me. Power Rangers Ninja Storm is the best Power Rangers. No, I'm it's sorry. not. I'm sorry. Nope. Power Rangers Time Force shook me. I was like in first grade and it shook me. Anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, the the Lego Harry Potter um, Hogwarts Express set. I remember me and my sister Carla. We still lived in the East Side, so I still remember like that ugly kitchen table we had in the back of the house. Um, but we spent days building this train. I don't even remember if I finished it. Is that I think the house I did. that was haunted? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's the house on Maybe the East Side. Maybe you should tell us at another time. It really isn't much because I can't remember. Uh, I'm gonna need like Carla we'll, to be we'll, here. Yeah, we'll phone in your sister and ask her what happened. I feel like my parents did experience weird shit in that house, but they didn't talk about it, huh? No, I feel like they repressed it to the point where like it cha- it may have like changed their memories about it. Where it's like, no, I don't remember it like that. Mm. Even though they're like several witnesses, I guess. Wow. Even my mom, like. You know what? Yeah, we'll save that for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my I, I guess final answer, the Hogwarts Express uh, Lego set. Yay. That shit was Poppin'. intense. Now as an adult, all I want is colognes because I collect them. Now as an adult, I still want Legos. <laughs> <laughs> Legos, there's one that's um, like a Zen garden. Yeah. Ugh, girl, it's like $80, but I'm like, damn, even, uh, even having adult money. That still seems too expensive. That is really expensive for a Lego set. I always think about it. How many hours of work is that for me? Uh, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, look at those that I have back there. Yeah. There are three... Sorry that you guys can't see it. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's like little... I forgot what they're called. Pokemon? Tiny blocks. Oh, yeah. Tiny the, blocks. And they're kind of like Legos, except they're really tiny. Um, But I bought three of them. And I literally spent like an hour making each one, but it's Snorlax, Garchomp, and Dragonite. There are three Pokemon. Picked up at Miniso. Yeah. If you I just like stuff like them. that. I yeah. just like... See, I don't like fidget toys. Like, I hate fidget toys, but I like keeping I my hands... I love a good fidget toy. I like keeping my hands busy with stuff like that, where it's like a set goal. Something that I look forward to. Uh, working with like a fidget toy, I'm just like moving it around. Same. No, no nothing with like... There's no destination. There's no end goal. Like, I need an uh, end goal, I guess. So, you know, something that keeps me busy so mm-hmm. that I can focus. If yeah. I'm purely just focusing on one thing, I can't focus on the one thing. Mm. I have to be doing something else. So, for example, when I'm on meetings in Zoom and I'm on a meeting for hours, like I like pick up a fidget toy and I'm spinning the, fidgets, the fidget spinner while I'm on the meeting, they can't see what I'm doing. 
you know, I'm spinning it and I'm paying attention and I'm actively participating in the meeting. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I can't do that and I can't fidget, I can't pay attention. No, I'm not a fidget. Is that adult attention deficit disorder? I don't know. For me, it might just be... um, The tism? The the tism. tism. Yeah. Mm. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I don't even need a... um, I don't know. It makes me feel weird to self-diagnose because people self-diagnose too much on TikTok. Oh, no, no. I know. But still, like, there's just stuff that, like, just fits right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Supposedly, like, if you're on the spectrum, you tend to um, pick up patterns and things like that more easily. Like, girl, it's not normal for me. (laughs) I've studied... What is it? 10 different languages and I'm easily able to pick them up I can build a fucking <laughs> Hogwarts well, Lego tested. set um, a fucking Hogwarts Lego set at the age of like 7 like I'm oh. not I'm not declaring myself like yeah guys I got the tism but it's more like I ha- may have autism tendencies mm, autistic tendencies gotcha. yes Anyway, that's besides the point. I'm sorry. We derailed. Um, Last bullet point, and I swear we'll uh, leave you all alone. (laughs) Um, There was a Reddit story I saw on Smosh. Because I'm a big fan of Smosh, I guess. Um, There was a Reddit story. I think it was on the video where they talk about wholesome stories. And most of the time, it's like them reading, like, am I the asshole? Or like fucked up shit that other people do where it's like but this one was like wholesome stuff and this one i thought it was so funny and i think it's i'm gonna leave it off on this because it's before christmas and i'm sure a lot of people are gonna be listening to this getting ready for christmas or um uh i don't know making the the holiday ham i don't know what people do <laughs> um but wanted to leave it on a good note mm-hmm. but so this Reddit story talks about it's it's some guy saying like I think my wife is stealing my jogger strings my, my drawstrings and hiding them from me as a prank. She's denied it so many times and I've told her like if this is a joke like she needs to stop because it's kind of getting really annoying. Um I've looked through her phone and she has like she's I don't see any evidence that she's doing it. Um and I think it got to the point where, like, it was, like, serious. It's like, I might break up with her because I feel like she's lying to me and she she thinks this is funny and it's not. Like, I feel like she's just fucking with me. Um, but then she said <laughs> that he ended up finding out they followed their cat that went into the side or the back of the couch it was a couch that they don't really use that much but they found a hole underneath it on the back side of it and it looked like the cat was jumping in there and hiding stuff and they found like a few things like squishmallows airpods little pendants um some things that like had gone missing like years ago this cat was like stashing them <laughs> in little parts and the thing is i guess it was like a recurring thing that this cat did it wasn't just the couch like that was just a big one um sometimes they would like the cat would stash things in like a corner of a room or something like that um 
But they're like, okay, well, what else is the cat hiding? And they ended up finding in another part of the couch all the drawstrings of the guy's <laughs> jogger sweatpants. <laughs> I'm like, it's so funny how cats have like personalities like that. Cat, it's like, that cat was a dragon in a past life. I just love how like some animals just collect stuff, like little trinkets. That's you. You have a little trinket collection. <laughs> <laughs> like raccoons do that. Yeah. Raccoons. The little do that. fucking creepy hands. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> So anyway, I just want to leave everyone on a good note because um, yeah. I thought it was really cute. And I was like, you know what? I want to share this. Yeah. Um, I should have looked up the actual story and read it. I'm sorry. But yeah, I don't really have anything else to um, to add. Okay. Oh, you guys should rate us five stars on Spotify and five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts if that's what you listen to. I don't know. I feel like or you can give us a review and tell me how much. A good one. Yeah, only five stars. <laughs> and don't anything, talk about how my mouth smacks, please. If it's anything lower than five, don't do We're that. We're gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you want to see We're a grown kidding. man cry? Just you, not me. I would. Okay. I collapse on my knees. I'm just like, I can't do it. Thanks yeah. for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at GuessBookyPodcast and on Twitter at GuessBookyPod. Also, email us any story suggestions or your own scary stories at GuessBookyPodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Taylor Turner for the artwork and Kyle Fields for the intro music. Don't forget to tell someone you love how much they mean to you. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You're really Merry far Christmas. away from the microphone. Merry Christmas. Oh, sorry. Bye. Bye.